0: Welcome to Walking Together, a podcast all about encouraging each other as we follow Jesus together. I'm your host, Dennis Lavelle. Let's start walking. One of the sad things that I've noticed in the last 15 years or so is that the word worship has been relegated to the singing of songs. Churches hire worship leaders to lead people into worship through music. Now, don't get me wrong. Music can certainly be a part of what worship is, but it is certainly not the only thing that worship is. So then, what is worship? Well, let me start by saying this. Worship without love is just being religious. And the Bible is clear, being religious really doesn't help. You see, we truly worship God when we acknowledge who He is, what He does, and it's marked by gratitude. And Thanksgiving is just around the corner. It's my favorite holiday because it's not about the gifts or the shopping or spending money on presents for people who usually don't want or need what you're going to give them anyway. And this is the time of year when we pause and say thank you to the Lord. And that's what a lot of people seem to miss. Worship is thanking the Lord, not just with our lips, but also with our life. When we don't lower our standards to fit the social pressure around us, we're actually worshiping him because his standards of holiness never change. But sadly, ours often do, depending on the situation we're in and the company we're keeping. Our goal as followers of Jesus should be to avoid what God told Isaiah, that these people draw near to me with their mouth and with their lips, they honor me. But their heart is far from me. Both our words and actions should worship him. So both our lips and our life. Well, what I want to talk to you about today is the fact that all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, present an account of Jesus being anointed by a woman with a costly jar of perfume. And even though there is a golden thread that runs through each of these, The timeline, the people, and the places are very different. Matthew and Mark relate the same event, but they don't give the woman's name. And it takes place two days before Passover in the town of Bethany at Simon the leper's home. Luke's account is similar, but not the same. It tells of a different woman who's also anonymous, but it takes place in the middle of Jesus's ministry in Galilee and in John There's yet another occurrence of Jesus being anointed, but this woman is identified as Mary, who is the sister of Martha and Lazarus. I hope that's not too confusing, but in each account, a woman pours out a precious and costly perfume in an undeniable act of worship. And these three women, at different times and at different places, are giving us a living example of what true worship is. And their love and gratitude is obvious. And we should sit up and take notice. And what we see woven through all four Gospels are three thoughts. And here they are. First, worship involves sacrifice. Now, you don't have to read very far before it becomes very evident what it cost for these women to anoint Jesus. In Mark 14, verses 3 through 9, We read that Jesus is having dinner with a man named Simon. And Mark tells us that Simon was a leper. And we can only draw the conclusion that his leprosy is now gone. And it's probably a good guess that it was Jesus who cleansed him of his leprosy. But if his leprosy was still active and present, no one else would be sitting at dinner with him in his home. And as they're eating, a lady knocks on the door, and she essentially crashes the party. They let her in and then she begins to pour out this very expensive perfume, the equivalent of 300 pence or 300 denarii. In other words, 300 days' wages, roughly one year's salary. And in Luke's account, you read that Simon the Pharisee invites Jesus into his home, and the same things happen. A woman knocks at the door during dinner, and she crashes the party as well. And she pours the contents of an alabaster box on Jesus. And Simon looks at what was happening and says, Jesus, if you were a true prophet, you would know what kind of woman this is. I mean, she's a sinner. You wouldn't even let her touch you. Which would lead us to believe that maybe the sinfulness that Simon was talking about was that of prostitution or some other dishonest way to have earned that much money in order to be able to buy that much expensive perfume. But regardless of how she had enough money to buy the perfume, the real question for us is this. Does my worship cost me anything? Or is it just cheap perfume involving no sacrifice? You see, when you read all three events, you'll see that the perfume was poured on both Jesus' feet as well as his head. And what these women did was just crazy and careless to those who were looking on. And it was the common practice in that culture, because of the dry and dusty climate, for guests to have their feet washed and their heads anointed with oil. And Jesus looked right at Simon the Pharisee and said, hey, don't complain about this lady anointing my feet. You didn't even offer that. You neglected the proper hospitality. I mean, you didn't even show me enough respect to do that. But what's unusual here is that these women didn't use common, ordinary anointing oil, but rather very costly perfume. Now think of what they could have done with a year's wages. Yet all three ladies sacrificed what was precious to them because of their love and gratitude to Jesus. Just imagine if someone gifted you with a year's salary what would you do with it? Would you be willing to sacrifice that, to give that much at one time to the Lord? So worship involves sacrifice. And we have to ask ourselves, how much is my worship actually costing me? Or is it costing me nothing because it's just not a part of who I am? It's just not a part of my daily life. The second thought is this worship doesn't hold back. It goes all out. Now, this may sound like a repeat of worship involves sacrifice, but it's actually one step further. You see, it's possible to attempt sacrifice by only going halfway or doing it half-hearted, but that's not true worship. Look at Mary's actions in John 12 verse 3. It tells us that she poured out a pound of perfume. Now, obviously, imperial measurements didn't exist in the New Testament, so it's probably not a pound as we know it. And some translations say a pint, just as a reference point. But one thing is for sure, it was a lot of perfume. And just as a side note, this spikenard ointment wasn't an oily or sticky substance that would have to be cleaned up. It was very light and would quickly evaporate, leaving no mess at all. So it's no wonder that John wrote the words that the house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. And the point is this. Mary didn't hold back in her act of worship. She didn't anoint Jesus with only a few drops of her precious possession. She poured out an entire year's wages on Jesus. A lot of hard work went into her sacrifice, a year's wages. In Mark's account, we read in chapter 14, verse 8, that this lady did what she could. In other words, she went to the limit of her ability. She went all out. So what about us? Are we giving a few drops, half, or everything we can do? See, worship doesn't hold back. It goes all out. And lastly, worship is not a waste of time or effort. Again, in John's account, Judas and the other disciples, especially Judas, were uptight with Mary's act of worship. They called it wasteful and said the money would have been better spent in relief efforts for the poor. Now, on the surface, that seems pretty reasonable. The disciples were probably thinking, hey, inexpensive perfume and oil probably would have done the job just fine. But the Bible is abundantly clear. John writes that Judas thought that this perfume should have been sold and given to the poor, not because he had one iota of concern for the poor, but because he was a thief. It's written right there. He was the treasurer He carried the funds everywhere they went, and he helped himself to those funds. So he didn't care about anything or anyone except himself. Now, going back to Mark's account, Jesus says, all of you watching this, you've got it wrong. It wasn't a waste, but rather, she's done a good work. She's done a beautiful thing. And listen, it's easy to start listening to the people around us who will continually tell you that what you're doing for the cause of Christ is a waste of time, a waste of money, and a waste of energy. But it's not. It's totally worth it. Again, to all the guests who were looking on, they only saw these acts as an apparent waste of expensive perfume. To them, it was a spur-of-the-moment action where they squandered A year's worth of wages. But all three of these women knew exactly what they were doing. And that's our cue to do the same. So here's the question. Are you holding back? Are you willing to do what no one else is doing? How much are you pouring out in your worship? Some? Half? A few drops? Does your worship cost you anything? You remember when the 12 spies went into the promised land and they came back and they said, yeah, this is the land we need to live in. You wouldn't believe the size of the grapes. But in the same breath, they said, but there's a problem. There's giants. Ten said, I don't think we could defeat them. And only two, Joshua and Caleb said, come on, of course we can. And I don't know about you, but I want to be the two out of the 10. I want to be like the one leper that came back to thank Jesus. He cleansed 10, but only one came back. I want to be that one. I want to be someone who dares to do what no one else is doing for the glory of God. And these three ladies thought it was worth it. And I hope you do too. Thanks for joining me today. Share the link on Facebook. Give it a positive review if you've been encouraged. I would love to hear your feedback and comments. Make worship a part of your daily life, not just with your lips, but with your life. We'll see you next time.